Hi, I'm Mary, and I am here with Pastor Ben, Jenna, and Pastor Jason, all staff members at Pathway. And we at Pathway Church want to invite you to journey through Lent with us. Now, you may know Lent as a 40-day period where you give something up or a season of preparation. And while those things are certainly true, it's about something so much more. It is an invitation to living differently. So we're going to get together every week. Sometimes we might have some other guests here. Um, and we're going to talk about things like what Lent even is, why we should observe it, and unpack topics like confession, believing even in the darkest of times, lament, and how our worship and suffering are intertwined. So we invite you to journey that with us, and we hope that you won't do it alone. We encourage you to ask a friend to join you or do it as a family so that you can deepen and widen your faith together. And at the end of each episode, we will have a call to action because we don't want our conversation to just be conversation here. We want to leave you with practical steps to implement uh, the, these things that we're discussing together. So make sure you stick around for that at the end of each episode. Well, you may or may not know, but the church actually has a calendar where there are verses um, each week on the church calendar. And so every week we're going to kind of unpack some of those. So this week we are starting in the Gospel of Matthew. So if you have your Bible, you can open it up to chapter 17. Or if you are just listening in on like your daily walk or something, you enjoy listening to this scripture passage. But we are going to be in Matthew chapter 17. Uh, verses 1 through 9, the transfiguration. It says, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them saying, rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. Mm -hmm. Something that stood out to me when reading this text was um, when we hear the voice of God say, this is my beloved Son. Because as a church, as we've been going through the Gospel of Mark, we have recently seen that when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan mm -hmm. and the Spirit descended, we hear the voice of God say, you are my beloved son. It's a much more intimate communication, mm -hmm. whereas here it's like this declaration to the people that are there and an invitation as well um, to keep our eyes fixed on God of what we should kind of be paying attention to, I think. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mary, for reading yeah. that. <laughs> so in this church calendar, mm -hmm. which has these different scripture passages, mm -hmm. um, not pathway yes. church calendar, but overall universal whole church calendar, um, that's the text, that Matthew text is what leads us into the Lenten season, which is mm -hmm. interesting because mm -hmm. 
it's not, I don't, I don't typically think of the transfiguration when I think of Lent, but that Mm -hmm. is this, the final Sunday of epiphany as they call it. And it leads us into this season. Um, but there's other texts such as, um, the passage in Exodus, a passage in Psalms and a passage in second Peter Mm -hmm. and Jenna, you have thoughts on the Exodus text, I know. I do have <laughs> thoughts on the Exodus text. Um, lots of thoughts on the Exodus text. But um, one of the things that we see in the Matthew text that also we see in the book of Exodus as well is this idea of ascension. Um, we see that these people are invited up onto the mountain, right, mm-hmm. to meet with God. Um, and God is going to show them something when they come up. And it's it's only a few people that are really invited up um, with along with Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. And we see a similar thing in the book of Exodus as well. Um, and the text that we're highlighting is Exodus 24. Um, but there's a passage in this book where um, God says to Moses and, and these elders that he has them come up onto the mountain to meet with them. Um, and meanwhile, while like Moses and these elders um, and a few other people that are named in the text, like come up onto the mountain, we see that the people of God are like trembling in fear mm-hmm. down below. Um, and the reason why they're trembling in fear is because there's this, like this dark cloud that is descending upon the mountain. And then the Lord actually like says to Moses um, that he is to come up even further onto the mountain um, to meet with him. And the people watch as Moses like ascends through this dark cloud. And then we see this consuming fire as mm-hmm. well that Moses like goes up and enters into. Um, which like kind of we also see with the text in Matthew of this light that is shining. And so there's lots of parallels in here of these, this idea of ascending up um, to meet with God, which is such an amazing idea because we serve this transcendent God who then comes down but invites us up as well. So some of the really beautiful ideas that are tied in here. Yeah, and it seems like that Matthew is alluding to the exodus text mm-hmm. just by the very beginning when he says six and after six days mm-hmm. when he starts that because up on the mountain with moses they, they wait there. six days mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. god reveals himself in that consuming fire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that's true and it's kind of i don't know it's interesting to to look at the connection between like old testament and new testament and this idea of, of moses on the mountain in the old testament well moses is on the mountain here too in the new yeah. testament in the mm-hmm. transfiguration yeah and so it's interesting to see that correlation where it's like there's no way matthew wasn't intending to throw back to exodus exactly right and and so you look at the different elements of the six days the small group the um the mountain that they went up onto mm-hmm. and, and the glory the fear. of the lord yeah the glory of the lord the light shining mm-hmm. um and then also like Peter's like, oh, we got to do something about this, right? When, mm-hmm. And so you see like in, in the transfiguration, Peter is is wanting to move to action. Um, but there's this moment where the Lord actually speaks into it and he's like, hey, listen, pause for a second. Don't build temples. Don't build these tabernacles, but wait. And, and this, like you mentioned earlier, like this is my beloved son. Mm-hmm. Listen to him. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus speaks, mm-hmm. right? And so there's this like, hey, hey, pause. Like, yeah, this is a cool thing. This is amazing. This is incredible. Um, you're seeing the glory of the Lord. You're seeing Jesus transfigured before mm-hmm. you. But pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also impor- important things that happen on mountains. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just even that tie-in. So there's the drawback, there's the callback to Exodus. But then we see like with Golgotha, mm-hmm. like that's where Jesus go- is going to die on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And... So, yeah, I, I love seeing some of those threads and how, um, well, I, I wonder if you, if you guys thought about this, like, why would it be important for Peter and John to, to hear 
from the voice of God on the mountain? Like, what? Why、mm. would they need it?、Mm. Well, it's interesting, like what they're about to experience next, right? Like、mm-hmm. this is a new phase of church history that's going to happen.、Um, the first time we hear this phrase, "This is my beloved son, with whom I will please," like the first time that command is that that where those words are spoken, Jesus is starting his ministry and he's going to、mm-hmm. walk on earth with his people.、Mm-hmm. And this time, we're going to see that Jesus is not going to be on earth with、mm-hmm. them anymore. His his presence is going to be taken from them,、um, and so there's、mm-hmm. a different、um, different. Thing that they're going to be experiencing, they're going to be called to continue the faith and press、mm-hmm. on without fear, right, and without Jesus.、Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a difference here to what is I think being asked of them.、Mm-hmm. He's almost like like as a loving heavenly father, like almost like ministering to their souls in that moment,、mm-hmm. right? Of of knowing they're going to walk into some really challenging moments here,、um, and when they see him, like they're absolutely terrified. Right, and Jesus's words to them are "Get up and don't be afraid." And so he's he's encouraging them in that moment to don't be afraid. But I wonder if he's also throwing forward to saying, like, "Hey, you're going to feel at least the temptation towards fear, and and don't let that fear win in those moments. Like, get up and don't be afraid." And and that's going to be a continuation. And it's usually a theme when when God appears or an angel appears. There's fear, and and、mm. they say in those moments like, "Hey, don't be afraid. Like like、mm. chill out a minute."、Um, it's like, yeah, right. Yeah, like <laughs> I would be terrified too. Like an angel appears,、um, but he says like, "Hey, get up and don't be afraid."、Uh, And we see. I mean, similarly in the Exodus text, I mean, we see that the people. I mean, earlier in the text, it tells us that they were trembling at fear, in fear at the base of the mountain because、mm-hmm. of the glory of the Lord that they see descending and the the lightning and the thunder.、Um, and then their response to fear as they see Moses ascend up into the mountain. And he, this text doesn't get to it quite, but he's up there for forty days.、Mm-hmm. Um, and so、mm-hmm. as Moses ascends up into it, their their fear, their gut response is then, well, let's replace Moses. Like we don't have our leader anymore, so let's replace him by making an idol.、Mm-hmm. And so this. Idea of the response to the fear is、mm. also interesting as well. Even that connection of forty days, too,、mm-hmm. right? Like Lent is a forty-day period, and、yeah. like, what would we have done during those forty days,、mm-hmm. right? You kind of like try to think of yourself in that moment of like, would I have patiently waited <laughs> for forty、right. days?、Yeah. Like this guy who just walked up into this fiery mountain forty、mm-hmm. days ago. Like, how long would it take me to to、mm. start to be curious? Like. Is he gonna come back? Like you know, I don't know what's happening on that mountain, and and so like the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the like, like what do we do without our leader and and things like that? Like、mm-hmm. is he gone? Is he coming back? And and all those questions that come.、Um, you know, forty days is a long time.、Um, so even like as we think about Lent, like it can be, it can feel lengthy because.、Um, How often do we do something consistently every day for forty days?、Mm-hmm. Um, and how often do we just sit in the discomfort of waiting?、Mm-hmm. I mean, our response tends to be like Peter, like let's do something, let's act, or、mm-hmm. like the people, like okay, well that's gone, so let's replace <laughs> it.、Mm-hmm. Um, but to sit in the discomfort of I'm just going to wait、yeah. um, is not a natural reaction for us. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah,、mm-hmm. and see it as a gift more than a mm-hmm. burden, mm-hmm. A, and 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 the opportunity to. Uh, to rest in the Lord. So with the transfiguration, don't 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 speak about this until after the resurrection.、Right. Um, they they have to they have to receive that period of waiting, even、mm-hmm. for them,、mm-hmm. um, as a, as an opportunity to to be with the Lord、mm-hmm. and and to see what he's gonna what he's gonna do because they don't even really know what that means. Right.、Mm-hmm. Like, 
the, re- the resurrection. Mm-hmm. We've we've grown accustomed to the idea, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Which is why I think we sometimes just want to jump right to Easter, yeah. right? Yeah. We don't yeah. want to sit in this period of discomfort of waiting yeah. in mm-hmm. Lent. Uh, we just want to jump right to the celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I do like that part at the end of uh, at the end of the Transfiguration, though, because you, you see already that Peter's a man of action. Like he wants yeah. to do something with what mm-hmm. he has seen, yeah. and Jesus tells him, like, "Hey, don't talk about this yet. Yeah. Like, don't talk about this until the resurrection." Right, and. You got to wonder, like, how how challenging that was for Peter from this moment until the resurrection. But even before the resurrection, when they're hanging out and, like, they just saw it. So they saw Jesus transfigured here on this mountain. And then on the hill, uh, they see him crucified. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus had said, don't talk about this. So you got to wonder, like... He hasn't really shared this with many people. There's at least three of them that know what's going on or that were there. Um, but was this scene replaying in his mind during those mm-hmm. moments when he sees Jesus crucified? Mm-hmm. And he's he's wondering, like, did, did was that real, what I saw? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you feel like this, again, this discomfort of, like, whoa, like, it, did I miss something? Is, mm-hmm. is something not going the way that it should go? Because they didn't really understand the resurrection. They didn't understand that Jesus was going to come back. Um, didn't quite believe it until they saw it. Um, and, and so he's like dealing with a, a complexity of emotions in that moment of not just seeing Jesus crucified, but also having seen him transfigured. Mm-hmm. And just these like, seemed like very like dueling thoughts and experiences, mm-hmm. not sure what to do with them. Um, but then he does like get this this freedom to like talk about it, yeah. right? Because then the resurrection does happen, and we do get to to yeah. see that resurrection. And so he actually gets to write about it in Second Peter, um, and and he talks about uh, throwing back to like, hey, I was an eyewitness to this incredible experience where we heard the voice of God say, "This is my son, um, in whom I am well pleased." And so he he gets to actually talk about it. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father. And so he uses that as a reference to this message that they are now proclaiming of Jesus Christ, who, yes, was crucified, was buried, but is now resurrected. And he brings to recognition, like, hey, as we saw him transfigured, we also know that that this message is not from us. This message does not come from humans, but it was carried along by the Holy Spirit. Or they, they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, and this message was given by the Lord. Um, and so he's very much like taking himself humanly out of the equation a little bit and saying, like, there is something so beyond my capacity to understand here that's going on because God is at the root of all this. And, and the Holy Spirit is carrying this message along forward now beyond the resurrection. Um, but we're not quite there yet, so we have to we no. have to wait. Pump we the brakes. <laughs> yeah, pump the brakes for a second. <laughs> we have to wait. Yeah, we but have to you, prepare. But you see there what was done in Peter in the waiting, right? Mm-hmm. The way he was transformed from his initial response of mm-hmm. like, well, let's just build some tents here, like, yeah. um, to now an understanding fully of more what this idea of what a true tabernacle really is going to be. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's true. And you mentioned earlier, Ben, when we were talking before recording, the, the idea of... Um, why paying attention? He mentions that in that Second Peter text, mm-hmm. uh, and you should read it because I think it's like very, very powerful the way that he says it. But that is related to our season of preparation. Mm-hmm. What what paying attention mm-hmm. has to do with that? Yeah, you want me to read it? Yeah, read yeah. it. Yeah, all right, I'll read it. Uh, so in Second Peter one nineteen, he says, "We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it." 
as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So I think there's this idea in preparation, like you can't prepare for something you're not paying attention to. Mm -hmm. And so he's calling them to, to pay attention to this message about Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to what is going on. Pay mm -hmm. attention to these moments that are happening. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I like the image that he uses too of, of as a light, shining in a dark place. Mm -hmm. It's hard when the lights are off mm -hmm. to not notice a light, right? Mm -hmm. And and sometimes we have night lights in, in our house or whatever, and it's like, if there isn't a light, it's pitch black, you can't see anything. But even like a little shimmer of light tends to illuminate more than just like at that spot of light. And so you can see so much more. Mm -hmm. And so this is not just like a little light in a dark place. Like this is glaringly mm -hmm. white light. Um, mm -hmm. You know, yeah. the fire on the mountain, mm -hmm. the light on the Mount of Transfiguration, and now this light shining in a dark place. Like mm -hmm. even those themes of, of light and bringing this light to darkness, um, you pay attention to it, you notice mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and so he's calling us to, to notice mm -hmm. these things, to pay attention to this message. Um, and, and so that helps us in preparation is like paying attention mm -hmm. to uh, to what is really going on here. Yeah. I've walked in enough dark rooms without a light on to, mm -hmm. to know how important it is to pay attention. <laughs> and I think like when we think about Lent, we're going into a dark season. Mm -hmm. And so it's this idea, like in my mind, of as we're walking through this dark season, as we think about the death of Jesus, there is that light that we're mm -hmm. drawing towards. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's leading us to that, to that point. Mm. Um, but I, I, I love what you were saying earlier, Jenna, about waiting and, and how, um, that the, we, we, we need to be in that season. And, and mm. Moses had to wait, uh, the disciples, Peter and John, especially are having to wait. And, um, that can be a, a fearful thing, mm -hmm. which, which draws back to what Jesus says when they, come down or when, when, when he comes down and they're flat on the ground, mm -hmm. um, afraid, uh, waiting is one of the mm -hmm. most opportune times to be afraid mm -hmm. We're we're afraid of, you know, maybe what we're waiting for is not going to come about. We're, we're afraid that maybe something we've done has forced us into a season of waiting. And I just don't think that that's how God works. Um, but it's over and over again. And even in the story of Exodus, um, and clearly in this, in the story of the transfiguration, there is fear involved. Mm -hmm. Um, in the, in Mark's version of telling the story, he talks about, uh, he says that P when Peter says we should build two tabernacles, um, it's, it's, he's saying that because he's afraid mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. what he sees mm -hmm. that bright light that mm -hmm. you're referring to. Mm -hmm. Um, that's so bright that there is no darkness though, right? <laughs> right. There's right. no darkness. It's, mm -hmm. it's so consumingly white that he's afraid and he's like, we should build some tabernacles for us, <laughs> mm -hmm. for you guys. We can stay up here. And it's just, you just imagine like you were saying the character qualities of Peter, mm -hmm. like the kind of guy who would want to run down the mountain and tell everyone what he just saw. Yeah, yeah. Can't contain himself in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like let's, you know, let's, let's set up camp here. This is so cool. Um, but then that hearing that voice, this is my beloved son and whom I won't please, uh, listen to him. Mm -hmm. The very first thing mm -hmm. 
that Jesus says that they are to listen to is stand up and do not be afraid. Yeah. And I, uh, I'm really challenged to think about the ways that Jesus transforms the way that we think about everything. Mm-hmm. You have heard it said, but I say to you, um, the way that we, uh, think about what love means, mm-hmm. as you had said earlier today, uh, that the idea of, um, just anything that we think, any thoughts that we have about God, Jesus can often reframe, mm-hmm. uh, replace, transform the way that we think, whether, whether it's the anger of the Lord, the wrath of God, and how that would instill fear in us. Mm-hmm. He is definitely, he is definitely transforming the way that we think about that. And in the Psalms text for this, this last weekend is Psalm chapter two, um, talking about how the nations rage and how the kings conspire. They plot in vain against the Lord. And the, and God says, the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger, terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. There's that mountain language again, installing my king. Here he's speaking of of David. And he says in verse seven, I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have become your father. Mm-hmm. So there's that, that tie in that, which I'm sure Peter and John, if they have any awareness of the scripture, mm-hmm. they're thinking about these, especially as they go through this season mm-hmm. of like, Oh, those words that we heard, not only, you know, the experience reminds us of what happens with Moses, but even what the Psalms say, you are my son, today I've become your father. Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. And think about this, anytime we, anytime we read the Psalms, we have to see Christ in, in, in what's being said. Um, th- these can be seen as uh, a way of speaking about who Jesus is. They can be seen as prayers from Jesus. And we've talked about that before, uh, like a couple month a month or so ago talking about how the psalms are the prayers of jesus which makes them easier for us to pray because we're in christ but that's Mm -hmm. off subject but ask me and i will make the nations your inheritance the ends of the earth your possession you will break them with a rod of iron you will dash them to pieces like pottery therefore you kings be wise be warned you rulers of the earth serve the lord with fear rejoice with trembling kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead you to your destruction for his wrath can flare up in a moment Blessed are all who take refuge in him. So we read these, these scriptures about people fearing the Lord, about fearing the Lord. And yet Jesus wants us to think differently about fear, Mm -hmm. that it's not about being afraid of God. There is something to fear in that what we can bring upon ourselves is dangerous. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it, it can harm us, but God does not harm us. Mm -hmm. There is no, there is no reason to be afraid of God. And so when Jesus says, stand up and do not fear, he is leading them into this season where they will not be able to say anything. He's leading them into a season where they will follow the beloved son who is going to die. Mm -hmm. Do not fear. He is leading them into this season where this, this one who dies on a cross will raise from the dead and there will be lots of people saying who you know stole the body, all this kind of stuff. Uh, Peter there at the cross denying, but remember the, the words of Jesus, do not be afraid. Like this is constantly there. Mm-hmm. And um, that we got to wrap this up, but that leads us into that season of waiting and how 
it is a season of dying for us as we identify with Jesus as he goes to the cross. And one of those things that needs to die in us, and maybe this we think about this as we consider the things that we're giving up for Lent, but one of the things that has to die in us is fear. Mm. And not just fear, but the fear of God. Mm-hmm. In fearing him wrongly. Right. When we see him as perfect love that casts out fear, we recognize that we ha- in him we have nothing to be afraid of, mm-hmm. even him. So like, there's this powerful word, listen to my beloved son, do not fear. And then the other thing that they need to do is not say anything about what they've experienced. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said earlier. Do they dream about this? Because oh, the longer that they right. go not right. saying anything, they're probably wondering, was that a dream? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so... As take us home, Mary, as we go into this, as we start this season, how do we kill fear in Christ? How do we go? How do we go forward? That's so good. I mean, I just love all the dueling ideas there that have been discussed this whole time and the beautiful juxtaposition that we see in, in these verses and in everything you guys have communicated of that, that when we die to ourself we're, and keep our eyes focused on the Lord, we're actually growing closer to Him. Mm. So like I mentioned earlier, we will always have a call to you each week. We don't want conversation to just be conversation. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you this week to give something up as a tangible way to prepare for what's to come. And maybe something came to your mind immediately. Maybe you need to sit mm-hmm. and pray and ask for the Spirit's mm-hmm. guidance in what it is you could release. It could be something concrete like food or social media, or maybe a little more nuanced like complaining or um, waking up a little earlier, losing some sleep to spend some time with the Lord that might actually, you know, be redeemed because maybe you'll be more energized from that time with the Lord. Um, But we encourage you to do that. And as you do to remember that Lent isn't just about giving something up, but it's an invitation to living differently. And we're so excited for whatever it is that God has prepared for you. Um, We will be meeting every week. Uh, Episode two will air on Monday, February 27th. So we hope you'll join us for that. And it's worth noting, this is the first time we're doing this. So it's also kind of cool for you to be a part of that journey um, for the first time we're having a podcast together. So we look forward to seeing you again on Monday and we hope you have a wonderful week.